You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek this is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday morning post-Subway Series edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. One of the worst baseball games you'll ever see on Friday night. One of the worst performances by a collective unit in recent baseball history. And then two incredibly exciting games that felt like they were ripped out of a good competitive playoff series. Now, is it annoying the Yankees let the Mets offense that can't hit hit all weekend long? Sure. But Saturday and Sunday were both showcase games. The Yankees showed fight. They split them. They could have won both, could have lost both. Hard to be dissatisfied with the efforts from everybody except Chad Green. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'd be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the pod. Chad Green sucks, has sucked since early July. Don't care about the numbers anymore. You can justify it however you want. Has not been good in high-leverage situations. I understand all he does are high-leverage situations. But he botched Saturday and he botched Sunday. At the end of the day, though, this is a team that is drifting between third and fourth place in the AL East. We might not get playoffs this year. This was good baseball theater and sets us up for the future, at the very least, enjoyable, if torturous, weekend. I had a good time on Saturday and Sunday. Um, If the Yankees are going to lose Sunday, for me, if the Yankees are going to lose, that's how you got to lose. You can't be losing four to one and have it be coasting. Uh, have it have it be a, a uh, some sort of simulation from innings four through nine, which we've seen so many times. Show some sort of fight. Show some sort of life. If you're good, 
Losing happens, guys. That's not the problem that Yankee fans have had with this team. Losing, you play 162 games in a year, you're going to lose a lot of them. Uh, It's just the way you lose that's disheartening for many because a, a lot of fans pay money to go see games. A lot of fans spend their time sitting down on the couch watching the Yankees after a long day of work. They want to see some effort. They want to see some life. Nobody's mad at losses. They were, they've been mad at the manner in which this team has been losing. Now we could say that maybe this team has some life to work with over these next 10, 10 games. I know the 13 game stretch with the Mets starting on Friday was, was the window to kind of uh, turn the tides after that terrible stretch and four games uh, sweep against uh, at the hands of the Toronto Blue Jays. But Stanton talking shit to Francisco Lindor after that game tying home run, it cleared the benches, cleared the bullpens uh, based on some stupid cheating allegations because Lindor said the Yankees were whistling the night prior uh, after Taiwan Walker had tipped his pitches. Uh, also perfectly yeah, legal. Cheating. Yeah. Perfectly legal. Don't really want to have to get into that. Uh, this was not, uh, this obviously was not uh, if the Yankees were indeed, indeed caught onto a sign and were notifying their teammates about uh, Taiwan Walker tipping his pitches. That's part of the game. That's not the reason why the Astros are punished. The Astros are punished because they use technology to get ahead of it and to know exactly what their opponent was throwing from the jump and then relaying those signs in real time in illegal fashion. They didn't pick up on anything. They had the intel by illegally using technology to acquire all of it. So don't really want to hear about how it's cheating. That's how that's how you gain a competitive advantage in baseball. Do we like it? Uh, I mean, it'd be better if probably if it didn't happen, but it's part of the game. You're not going to stop somebody from picking up on something uh, that important and and that uh, potentially game changing uh, to, to to have them not do it. They're, they're people. Players are competitive. They're going to do it. They're going to do anything they can to gain an edge. Um, but Stanton talking shit, man, that, that's what we were really waiting for. We need a Garrett Cole uh, jumping over the, the, the dugout ledge to to start talking trash to the Mets. I mean, that's what we've been needing to see. This team's needed an excuse to get emotional. It's needed an excuse to care. Um, And uh, the annoying part about all this too is like Aaron Judge gets removed from the game because of dizziness. We don't really know why. Uh, Still haven't heard any updates. I guess many are thinking that his dive in the top of the ninth inning the uh, the night prior really really might have affected him. But um, instead of Brett Gardner being up with runners on first and second and one out, it would have been fucking Aaron Judge, of course. Um, and that changes the tides of the game in, in the ninth inning. Gardner strikes out and then Stanton pops out to end it. Um, but great game. Can't be upset with it. Uh, Mets fans, it was your World Series. I know that's going around on Twitter, but it truly is the amount of shit talking that you're doing at 72 and 72 and still way out of the wild card. What are they, three out, two and a half out, whatever? I think it's more. Um, it's I mean, more. Baez, Baez and Lindor waving at everybody yeah. as if Baez is going to be on this team beyond September 30th. No. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. your last two weeks in New York, Javier Baez. Yeah, look, uh, we like how the 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 Subway Series and the rivalry, the fake rivalry, these, these teams play six, six times a year, kind of leveled up, uh, made things fun. Um, but uh, my hope here, my silver lining here is the Yankees run with this energy. These next 10 games, you got the Twins today in the makeup game. Then you got the O's, Indians, and Rangers. 10 games, you got to go what? Eight and two, at least. At least eight and two. John Means is in there, as he always is when the Yankees face the Orioles. The Blue Jays face, like, guys the Orioles signed on a dare, and the Yankees have to face John Means. That is what it is. But, (laughs) yeah, eight and two. I mean, if you're you're serious about this, you got to go eight and two because the Red Sox are in Seattle, but then they've got Orioles. 
Mets, Nats, Yankees, Orioles, like baby teams for the rest of the year. So if you actually want to vault past them again, Yanks and Red Sox are tied in the loss column. You got to win a lot of these games. If, if you care about making the playoffs right now, the Red Sox are going on the road in the wildcard game to face Toronto, which like, if we can't make the playoffs, like that's, that's kind of a fun option. I would love that. That's what I want to see. I want to see that. I don't want to see a wild card game at Fenway. I did that. That's what we can't. We can't be tortured. Not. In, we can't be tortured in every capacity. If the Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs, fine. Don't have any of the edge go to the Red Sox in a year that they're overachieving and having everything bounce in their favor. I mean, fucking the Travis Shaw pickup. Absolutely ridiculous. Bobby Dalbeck. guessing a thousand. Yeah, Bobby Dalbeck coming out from the woodwork after a terrible start for, what, four or five months of the season. Um, Just annoying stuff. Uh, But yeah, Yankees, this is where they got to take advantage. Um, And look, I know, I know we're, we're a lot of the energy is focused on the Red Sox, but the uh, I think the Jays have six of their next nine games are against the Rays and yep. the Rays. The Rays are going to want to rest for the final few games of the season. And you can bet they're going to be they're They're going to be giving it their all over this next week and a half, probably before they, they dial it back and prepare for the playoffs. So that's another uh, that's another stretch of games we can hope for uh, to see the Blue Jays lose some ground while the Yankees have inferior opponents. But. The Yankees are just going to have to do it. They're going to actually have to win. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our, we have nothing more to say. There's Aaron Judge said there were 18 games left on, on Friday. Maybe he was already feeling dizzy and concussive effects because there weren't. There were 22, but now there are 19. Um, and 10 of them come against these bad teams. Uh, bad teams. Bad teams. Not average teams. Bad teams. The Indians have gotten no hit three times this year. They can't hit. Pitching's good. Half of the rotation is good. Half of the rotation is bad. So, you know, your, your three-game series might end up with some bad teams. That's a home game. The Rangers are really bad. They also just beat the A's a couple of times on the road. So I guess don't overlook – I mean, don't overlook anyone because the Yankees are also bad. But if you are going to categorize any group of, of opponents as bad, it's this upcoming 10-game stretch uh, because then they do go to Fenway. Red Sox are going to be PO'd for that. And don't forget, they've owned us this year, especially on the road. Uh, that three-game sweep at Yankee Stadium was nice, but Jonathan Loisica was a big part of that. Got to assume he's not going to participate in this series. The bullpen's horrible. I don't really want to see that, but I'm going to have to. Again, go to Fenway, go to Toronto. Those are going to be tough. Come back home. The Rays are probably going to be resting because I think they're going to be able to hold on to this 10-game lead, but maybe they won't. Maybe they're going to need to fight uh, tooth and nail for every last game. That would be the worst-case scenario for the Yankees, but there are really only six extremely intimidating matchups of the Yankees' final 19. It's right there ahead of them on the table. The Yankees and Red Sox have two easy, uh, two of the five easiest winning records uh, down the stretch by winning percentage. It's possible. Um, I really don't want to go to Fenway for the wildcard game. I'd rather send Toronto there. I'm being perfectly 100% blunt and honest with you. Uh, If the Yankees wanted to go on a run and show me something, that's fantastic. That's great. As of this moment, I have no interest in sending the 2021 New York Yankees on the road at Fenway Park. That's just something I would have to watch versus, you know, if the Red Sox play the the Jays, I'll just not watch. I'll check out and not enjoy the wildcard game and and hope the Yankees retool for next year and hope Gleyber Torres isn't their starting shortstop and and all that kind of stuff. And I'll I'll pivot to the offseason. But if the Yankees are going to Fenway for the wildcard game, then yeah, I have to watch that. And I would rather not. Um, that's it. That's it. And that's all. Um, but don't forget what we did see in this series. We, we saw punches thrown in both directions. Metaphorically, we saw the Mets accusing the Yankees of cheating. Incredibly ridiculous that they would do that. It's I, you know, it's possible the Yankees picked up uh, Taiwan Walker signs and Jonathan VR snuffed it out. I would say it's likely that happened. 
The Yankees claim it had nothing to do with the pitches. They didn't pick anything up. Joey Gallo said it was Wandy Peralta whistling. He whistles all the time. And actually, it pisses me off because I don't like listening to him whistle. You know, whatever. I don't, I don't know what I believe. But what I do know is that Steve Cohen didn't give the Yankees a pregame tour of City Field and say, you can set your cheating cameras up there and there, and there could be a nice clean path for a cheating camera here. The Mets would not facilitate that. If the Yankees had lost the same series to the Red Sox that they just lost to the Mets, I'd be apoplectic. That's how I know it's not a real rivalry. That was theater. That was really interesting and entertaining. And the Mets are in our city, and we're sharing a town, and that's great. If the Yankees had lost that crucial series to the Red Sox, I'd be throwing my, you know, Chad Green blowing two games in a row, Gary Sanchez forgetting to tag a guy coming to home plate, just non-aggressively backing off and allowing a man to score, the error fest that was the first game, Gio Urshela in the field, Glaber Torres in the field. I'd be, you know, throwing... I'd, I'd actually put myself to sleep and then have dreams about throwing things around the room. But the Mets, it's just like, that was a showcase series. That was a Major League Baseball showcase series. It doesn't happen often. It was very exciting. Yankees punched back on Saturday and Sunday. Lindor got the last laugh on Sunday. Aroldis Chapman and Aaron Judge somehow got the last laugh on Saturday. And yeah, I don't know if Judge hurt himself and got dizzy banging into the wall on uh, James McCann's triple. I don't know if it was the diving play. I know I didn't like it, and I know I I, I don't uh, expect there to be a positive resolution there because that was, he looked completely checked out. But I mean, should we talk about Gary Sanchez uh, on on Friday night a little bit, at least, and how Kyle Higashioka doubly won won Saturday's game for the Yankees with a home run on an impossible high fastball, Mm -hmm. as well as an incredibly alert play behind home plate in the ninth to finish off out number two on a strikeout that there's no way Gary Sanchez would have made. Combine that with Gary's play on, on Friday, and it's just like, it, 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 what are you doing, man? Like, how are we even still? The, Gary Sanchez is not the guy. He can't be the guy. No. I, I, and how long have we been saying this now? For over two years. Um, it, we got a lot of problems. We'll talk about Gary now, but Chad Green simply can't be doing this anymore, or they, the Yankees can't uh, be allowing him to do this anymore. Um, and Glaber Torres, man, just not, not probably not the shortstop. Just can't be making the mistakes that he's making. But first and foremost, uh, Gary takes the cake for. For that awful, what? How many feet? Well, that must have been 15 feet. He had VR by Joey Gallo makes the great throw on the single to left field. Uh, VR's yeah. dead to rights. Gary Sanchez is literally standing there with the ball, just waiting for him to come. Instead of chasing him, instead of running towards him and tagging him, Gary just stands there and then gets out of the way when VR slides, misses him with the tag, and the innings and the inning goes on. Gives the Mets. Uh, Gives yeah. the Mets momentum that they, which they should have never just had. As bad, it was just as bad as the Javi Baez Pirates thing. Like the Yankees yeah, want to be oh a my contender. God, yeah. the Yankees want to be a contender for the wild card. Like that was just as bad as what the Pirates did. They got their first baseman cut and sent to Korea. So FYI. Yeah, it's just like uh, the, the defensive plays that you. I, I don't even know. It's just people will be defending Gary Sanchez until the end of time. I I, I don't understand it. There's so many basic lapses on an on a nightly basis. Like last night too, just just misses uh, 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 a, a curveball for I forgot what maybe it was a maybe it was a two seamer from Clark Schmidt. Just like goes through his glove and to the backstop, and he's just standing there like wondering where the ball is. Even A Rod was like, "That's one you got to catch ten out of ten times." Yeah, you can't let that one go. It's like A Rod savaged the Yankees for nine innings. Die <laughs> hard Mets fan A Rod, by the yeah. way. Yeah, like, I grew now. up a Mets fan. Like you played for one of these teams. Yeah, A Rod and all devaluing home run hitters. Classic. 
Um, he's gotten so stupid. I don't know what's happening to him. It's, it's the like, worst broadcast on television. It's, it's not even close. Matt Beskirjian, just the, Lindor's home run in the eighth. He's like, did he get enough? The second it went off the bat, dude, you knew it was fucking headed for Manhattan. Lindor's home gone. run in the second. Lindor's yeah. home run in the second. Yeah. He lost his Oh, Francisco Lindor. <laughs> he did his like going up an octave thing. It's 4-2 in the second inning. And then Lindor made him look stupid. He hit two bigger home runs in that game. Yeah. And then um, Beskirjian couldn't bring the energy back because he was like, I already wasted it in the second inning. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we, we can get to that a little bit later, I guess. But Gary Sanchez, more indefensible stuff, more indefensible stuff from everybody. So we're not really singling Gary out. But I mean, that play went viral on social media. You knew how egregious it was. It gave the Mets life when they shouldn't have had any. It it did definitely turned the tides for the game. Um, I, Jordan Montgomery was certainly at fault for that bad start, but you have to think that that threw him off um, and affected kind of his mental state uh, for, for the next couple innings, which, which also were not good. Um, but yeah, once again, plays that you cannot be making as a major league starting catcher, um, egregious lapses in judgment, um, just not paying attention, lack of aggression. Um, and then we're, and then it goes back to his performance at the plate too. Like, cool. You had a great game against the Orioles at the team blue, but like how many he, last week against the blue Jays on Wednesday, a lot of, a lot of opportunities to cash in and deliver. doesn't do it. Basically a ghost this entire series against the Mets, like Gary Sanchez, simply not, not doing enough has not entirely done enough. His season for the first couple months seemed like it'd be on a good trajectory. He's largely not been good defense. Still not there. It's never going to be there. Offense, still not enough. You could look at the numbers. Oh, great. He has over 20 home runs. OPS, not high enough. RBI, certainly not there. Um, 106, 106 OPS plus. So again, slightly above slightly above average. Not what I'm looking for from Gary Sanchez if the defense is going to be so below average. Exactly. Easy. And same thing with Glaber Torres. I'll take the Glaber Torres two-run home run. I'll take more two-run home runs if Glaber wants to make errors in the field, but... Gleyber Torres has what a 670 OPS, 675 OPS, and is botching routine grounders each and every night. So two guys that the Yankees are going to have to go into this offseason, unless they make a World Series run, which is not happening. It's probably not happening. There's yeah. probably like a 10% chance <laughs> of it happening. Yeah, because percentages exist and not everything is dead yet. But you have to go into this offseason if you don't get past if you don't get past the ALCS and Th- those two, those two big changes are on the docket. It's Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez. You're not tendering a contract to Gary Sanchez for nearly ten million dollars, and Glaber Torres simply cannot play shortstop. That's just it, it. You saw the difference in play when Andrew Velasquez and Tyler Wade were out there. All you need is a guy serviceable at shortstop to not extend that inning. Glaber Torres makes that play. Francisco Lindor's three run homer doesn't happen. Yankees might win this game. So that's the that's how that's how things transpire and how they can get out of hand if you just can't make a simple routine play. And you saw it. Andrew Velasquez entirely filled in at shortstop during the Yankees 33 and 11 run amid that 13 game win streak. However, whatever other crazy stat was involved there. And it was large in part because they made the plays that needed to be made and then delivered at the plate when they needed to. And Glaber uh, outside of his two run homer last night has not done anything of, of note to make up for his defensive lapses. Big problem. We're going to take a quick, can, can we take a quick break before we rip yeah. the rest of the team? Because uh, we're going a little nuts. Um, stick around. We're, we're going to get after Glaber. We're going to get through Chad Green. Come back. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. 
Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome back to the Inkscale Yard Podcast. We spent like the first seven or eight minutes of this talking about how satisfied we were with the compete level and how this was all like fun <laughs> and sort of theatrical. And then it was like, all right, let's break it down. Glaber sucks. Gary sucks. Chad sucks. Um, DJ was good this weekend, but he sucked all year. I mean, it's more of this for, for Yankee fans, obviously. I had somebody in my mentions yesterday after I said that it was Glaber Torres' fault that Lindor hit the through and homer, being like, I didn't realize that uh, Glaber Torres bounced a curveball and then gave up through and homer. Yeah, no, I, I know. I, I, I certainly realized that Glaber Torres wasn't pitching. That's an astute point, but Lindor doesn't get up in the inning if Glaber Torres doesn't make an error. So obviously it's his fault. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. Lindor bats, he's a chance to hit a home run. Lindor doesn't bat, he doesn't have that chance. It's People are people are the worst contrarians for absolutely no reason. Um, should we pivot to Chad Green? Just because I feel like um, since July, since early July, entering, I mean, several days ago, this was, he had a 4.73 ERA, I believe, since July 1st. And that was prior to his subway series that was like after his one run allowed to the blue jays in the third game of that set uh came in with a 5-4 lead on saturday surrendered a two-run home run to fall down yanks fight back win the game came in in a tie game did the one thing you absolutely cannot do in that scenario give up the tie-breaking home run to francisco lindor and again matt vesturgeon couldn't reach the level of emotion he had in the second inning he just had to be like oh yeah yeah you got me did it again oops uh santa maria but he gave, he gave john carlos stay in a santa maria by the way i don't oh, really good. know I don't know what his Santa Maria rules are, but he did drop one for Stanton. Um, yeah, you, you just can't give a home run in Lindor there. That's what you can't do. Uh, that's It was like a wrestling match. The heel, the heel wins, and the home team goes home happy. Good theater, but like, Chad, walk him. Chad, hit him. Chad, do whatever you have to do. to Don't give him a fastball down the middle. That's just as bad a pitch as the one that the Red Sox got walked off on yesterday. One strike away from sending it to extra innings. Larry Garcia hits a fastball directly down the middle from Garrett Whitlock. 420 feet to center field same thing just you don't even have to get the out here chad just don't give up a home run to Lindor. don't let the mets win that battle the individual battle you can walk him and i rest assured if the mets were to beat the yankees after that and walk him off or something or the next guy goes deep and Lindor scores then yeah it's also very frustrating but you just you cannot lose to francisco Lindor in that exact situation this goes back to chad green in the 2017 uh playoffs he gave up the grand slam to Lindor. And money to that game, the Yankees ultimately lost to go down 2-0 and came back from 2-0, which is very impressive of them. But Chad Green and Lindor, he doesn't have it when they face each other ever. Chad Green since early July has not been the same guy. There is nothing wrong with saying Chad Green has been a good, elite, even high-leverage reliever in 2017, 18, 19, 20. I understand that. From July 1st to now, not the same guy. Not at all. Not even close. Out of gas. Not sure if I blame Chad Green or I blame the fact the Yankees play one-run games every single day. But if you're still defending Chad Green's 2021, have more self-respect than that. Just don't come out with the advanced stats that show it hasn't been that bad. It's been that bad. Yeah, advanced, once again, advanced stats utilized in certain situations to tell a different story, not to alter a narrative. To They're losing baseball whatever. games because it's Chad Green. It's, it's yeah. just, Have more self-respect than that. You can't yeah. tell me he's having a good year because of the theoretical probabilities of what might have happened. What's happened is he's allowed the most home runs by a reliever in baseball. It's him and Plutko are tied or he's just behind Plutko. 
Yeah, no, he's tied with Plucko, and it gets worse. He has 10 losses as a reliever since the tart as since the tart since the fucking start of 2020. Since so, so he really hasn't been having that great of the last two years. 10 losses as a reliever since last the start of last year. That's tied for the most in the league for a reliever. He has seven losses this year, which is insane. And he's given up the most home run. He's given up the second most home runs as a reliever since the start of last year. And the only person ahead of him is Heath Hembry, former Red Sox, who was literally, I, I am not kidding you, the worst relief pitcher I have seen since I've been alive. So yeah, that guy's terrible. He's the worst reliever I've ever watched play. And I think Red, so- I think Red Sox fans and I can unite on that. There is no one, when Heath Hembry would come into the game against the Yankees, I would laugh. I would laugh so hard. I couldn't even believe that that was still a managerial decision uh, on their docket to bring him into any game. He is so bad. And on top of that, like you said, Chad Green since the beginning of July, not the same guy. He had a 2.14 ERA on July 9th. That has ballooned to 3.28. 3.28, sure, not that bad in the grand scheme of things in the larger picture. But since then, he's given up runs in so many of his starts, and so many of them have flipped the script. He's blown one. He's he's lost one, two, uh, three, four games. Blown what one, two, three saves, um, and has and uh, two of those out. Three of those outings were multi-run games, and it all started with that awful showing against the Astros on July 9th, which cost the Yankees a series sweep and one of the worst relief uh, uh, appearances you'll ever see. However, this is not all Chad Green's fault, and this is the only area of the discussion where I'm willing to meet the Chad Green stands, which do they exist? I don't know um, in the middle, because the fact of the matter is, is Chad Green is pitching in these situations because the Yankees have injuries right now. Um, And uh, Aaron Boone is also misusing him when the Yankees have healthier guys, Chad Green at this point, what he's proven over the last two plus months is that he is most valuable as a fireman, not in the later innings. Uh, maybe five through seven. He probably shouldn't be coming in in the eighth or ninth anymore unless it's absolutely needed. Even the seventh is pushing it for me at this point, given the the length and the the reliability of other relievers in this bullpen now. Um, but he's got two pitches. That's it. Batters know largely what's coming. He is not elevating his fastball properly. His curveball is an absolute is an absolute meatball at this point. Um, it's been bad all around. Uh, His FIP is ballooned uh, to a 3.70, really not that great for a reliever. Um, And the concerns about his, uh, his strikeout numbers are certainly there and valid. Um, 87 strikeouts in 74 innings. He's done a lot better than that in the past. We've seen it. Uh, So there's been a decline on, on, in that front. It's, it's a bad equation for Chad green and what the Yankees are dealing with at all fronts right now. But like, See, like last night, you know what I do differently? I, I I bring I just bring Chapman in in that Heaney spot and say, fuck it, just get this, get like see if he can overpower these guys and get them out. Why bring Heaney in and then why and then why like or I'd bring or I'd maybe even just say fuck it and bring Chad Green in there and see if he can get out of it because because sometimes he's he's better in those situations where he's given a jam instead of just giving him a clean inning where he has to hold on to a lead. I don't know. Maybe I sound like an idiot, but Heaney. Uh, you're, you're not wrong. Heaney was like the best part of the game, though. Yeah, I know. Heaney, Heaney ruled. He gave up. He gave up the run, and that, that he gave. Up, I know it was a sack fly, but like fate. I don't know. He, he's just he, he's a much easier pitcher to hit 
because of how he just grooves fastballs in there and how all this stuff is relatively flat. So you had to have guessed that the, the best case scenario was probably going to be a sack fly. If you can't lift the Andrew Heaney pitch at this point and you have two chances to, or you have, it's one out and you, and you have a chance to do it, then you're probably also not a major leaguer, but Chad green, long story short, having not having a bad year with uh, 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 having a bad last two, uh, two months, which is overshadowing his annual performance this year. And, uh, is being mis uh, is not being utilized properly based on the Yankee circumstances and Aaron Boone's just not good bullpen management. We've got a lineup today if you want it. Um, yeah, it's going to make you feel relatively good. I think partially good. Um, they've solved a couple of problems. One, Aaron Judge is in right field. Oh, he's back. Okay, so he's batting third. Um, that's something. Gardner batting second. Yeah, Rick Gardner's playing. Uh, Lemayhew at third. Geo's out. Le- LeMahieu at third, Geo's out. Torres at second, Wade at short. Oh, I said that last night. Mm-hmm. I said that in my tweet last night. Guys, Geo Urshela has the same amount of errors as hits since coming off the IL on August 26th. Five. So I'm not mad at Geo. Another thing that I've expressed, something's wrong, whether he is still feeling the lingering effects of the injury or the stop and go just didn't help him. He might need some rest. At this point, Glaber Torres also cannot be playing shortstop. Like I said, like like everybody said, it's a very it's a very big discussion on Yankees Twitter. Um, but yeah, that's what I said last night. I said at this point, take Geo out of the game, move move DJ to third, wait at short, Glaber at second. I love it. I'm, I'm a big right. fan of this. And you've got Luke Voigt back at first, Rizzo on the bench, Higashioka catching. It's like it's a problem solving lineup. We, we'll see if it works or not but it's putting players in the best position to succeed. You don't want to lose Rizzo, uh, you, but you don't lose Stanton in this scenario. He is playing. I'd rather Stanton and Voight today than Rizzo and Voight, definitely. Um, and I need Voight to play eventually. So I think I'm in on this. Um, Stanton in the outfield is the perfect scenario, but I do feel like he kind of maybe, it looked like he maybe came up lame in the first inning yesterday, but then obviously stayed in the game, played the outfield and, rocketed a game-tying dinger and then trash talk Lindor. So I think he was probably ultimately okay. I think that was a, a lot of a much ado about nothing scenario. But maybe he's feeling it a little bit. Maybe it has to DH. I don't know. If you asked me today, which would I rather? It's it's get Voight back in the lineup, Stanton DH, Voight first base, rather than if I have to choose between that and Rizzo Voight, I'm picking Stanton Voight, obviously. Yeah, um, I like Voight in the lineup. Uh we've talked about this before uh, seeing him come in for pinch pinch hitting efforts is just, it's sad because um, he's a starter. He's a starting caliber player. He's done a lot for this team. Um, and it's a disgrace at the Yankees. You know, at this point I had a, I had a weird theory last night. Like did the Yankees just trade for Anthony Rizzo? So the Red Sox didn't like, was that their, because they had no plan. Maybe. They had no contingency plan if Luke Voigt ended up being healthy. They were just like, all right, we'll get Rizzo, and then that'll be the end of it. Then we're just going to bench our starting first baseman and not fit him into the lineup as often as we can. So there was no plan. Um, and uh, and then you knew there was no plan because Voigt shortly after was on fire, very responsible for uh, a portion of that 13-game win streak. And then on the bench when Rizzo comes back and is not to be heard from until the eighth inning when they need somebody to come in to a bat. When you demote somebody to that type of role, you're not going to see success. Um, and you need a motivated guy pinch hitting in my, in my opinion, you don't need a guy who's already proven himself and 
is feeling slighted because he's getting one at bat a game as opposed to the four he deserves. So it's a bad pinch hitting strategy too. I know Luke Voigt, yes, great hitter, great guy to have coming off your bench, great guy to have on your team, but I don't want him pinch hitting because he's probably mad about it. He's probably like, why am I doing this bullshit? I should be in the field. I should be playing every day. I should be helping this team way more often than I am. And uh, I, I like this too. Rizzo also like should have gotten way more days off amid his horrible streak than, than he did. And that was another oversight by Aaron Boone or whoever's making the decision. At this point, I don't know who the fuck is making the decisions. Really don't. No idea. So, but uh, I like it. I- I'm cool with this. And Boone said that this may not be a one day thing for Glaber Torres. It could be, it could be more for the rest of the year. So keep an eye on that. Wonder what's going I don't know what that means. Does that mean Geo goes to short? Does that mean we see more Tyler Wade? I don't know. What does it mean? I don't know what anything means. Uh, all I know is that Glaber Torres has proven and all of the takes, like if you want a freezing cold take Yankee fans based on the one home run for yesterday, then I hope you have a nice life. And I hope that that's your, your vibe and you can, you know, live with yourself. And, and that's, if that's the way you're going to go about it, then great. But Glaber Torres is not a shortstop. He can't be the team's plan 1A at shortstop next year. And as often as they can move him off shortstop, as this season continues, they should do it. Um, I got to pull up the stats from last night because Max Goodman posted Glaber's yeah. you know, last several you know splits. And his average is strong. Yeah. Um, his, his average is totally exceptional. Uh, in recent weeks, which doesn't feel correct, but I guess is correct. But the OBP and power just frankly did not exist. And so it's sort yeah, okay. So Glaber's last 17 games hitting 316, 18 for 57. That's after the home run. So not complete to the end of yesterday. But hitting 316 with a 328 OBP and a 407 slugging percentage since August. He, he just, he's not getting on base whatsoever and he's not hitting for any power. And so the average is fine. That's one piece of the puzzle but the offense is well below average on the whole and the defense is putrid. So Glaber, the 2021 shortstop has been a failure. There was a time when you could parse the stats and say he's, he's somehow been worth like runs above average at some point for a while, Mm. which like, I don't, I mean, simple routine ground ball yesterday overran it fail failure. You know, wasn't he's thrown balls away. Did he even overrun it? He just like, I kept watching the replay. He's staring at the ball, like coming into his glove and he just, it, he doesn't get it. I, I, I it's inexplicable. He just can't I'm play used the position. To bad shortstop at this point though. I just saw that little looper and I was like, this is going to be tough mentally. I was just like, Ooh, this yeah. is going to be a tough one. No, no, it shouldn't have been. What, what are you talking about? So the more you can get Glaber's bat in the lineup, but get him off his feet at short, the better Gio Rochella, another example of the Yankees might have to trade him this off season because the, the infield's getting packed and there are people, you know, they're going to chase high profile free agents. What have you? I don't know what their plans are, but it was setting up for like either Voight or Rochella or both have to get traded this off season. And Rochella's come back and been dreadful and Voight can't play more than once every four days because they don't feel like putting him in the lineup. So he rebuilt his value and then they took it back down and Rochella's value has never been lower. So congratulations, Yankees. You did it again. You've got guys you have to get rid of and you've purposely lowered both of their values. But your Rochella, you didn't do it to yourselves. He did it to you. But just how many times is this going to happen? The circumstances line up and it's like, wow, we're going to have to trade some fan favorites. Oh, never mind. Those guys have been terrible for two months and now nobody wants them. <sighs> it's never going to end, is it? It's just, it's the wheel. We're stuck in the wheel. I don't know how we we're stuck the in wheel. the wheel. 
I don't and know. People how still think we're the guys. When people beat the Yankees, they're like, we beat the Yankees. We're the guys now because we beat the guys. The Yankees aren't the guys. Sorry. Yeah. The, all the haters coming out. This team's been largely bad since 2010. Just not good overall. Not really, not that great. Um, really, just not that great. Yeah. And like we said, any sort, I, I'm upset that I guess the one thing I, I do like when the changes come, but like, Again, for the Yankees, why is it why is it always too late? Why is it always too late to make to make the choice that was obvious like weeks before? Why 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 do you think like do I think it's a bad idea to make these sweeping changes, somewhat sweeping changes now if Glaber is actually going to be shift over to second? Not exactly, but like you could have just done it a month and a half ago when you knew when you knew at the trade deadline Glaber Torres is not a starting shortstop. You could have just got a shortstop. And you could have just figured out this infield shift. Maybe you did. Maybe you move Geo at the trade deadline. Maybe I don't know what you do, but instead of just holding on to everybody and trying to keep everybody and trying to validate your previous personnel decisions that you think should work out, even though they're not, why not just make the decision earlier in the year and have the team on a more cohesive playing level come September? So you're not dealing with these changes now. With two week, two and a half weeks left in the season, you absolutely needing to go on a run to maintain any sort of positioning in the wild card race. I'll take change because change does need to be made. But once again, it's 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 always too late with this team. It always is. So signing Garrett Cole was too late. Should have signed Max Scherzer however long ago, and look how that's blown up in the Yankees' face. So they're they're constantly they're constantly short on on so many different things. And I hope this works out, but. At this point, if you're making if you're making a change like this to take pressure off Glaber Torres in the final two weeks of the season, the pressure should have been taken off six weeks ago when he had two months to work with it. Idiotic. All I have to say. Um, that is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. G. Rochella is your shortstop. Glaber Torres is your second baseman. Not today, but moving forward. Great. Sweeping changes. We love it. That's it for this edition. We'll see you again on Wednesday after the Yankees have played two bad teams in a row. We'll see what happens there. Until next time, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. I am Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can find us at yanksgoyard.com. You can also talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. Plenty of commentary up there. Plenty of complaining. Uh, like we said, guys, next 10 games, very crucial make or break this season. And then if the Yankees want to at all care about controlling their destiny against the blue Jays and the Sox after those 10 games, then that'll be that. Maybe they could show us. They have some life in them after Stanton got the benches and bullpens cleared. Um, starts today with the twins at two o'clock, get ready for it. You got to beat John Gant. They did it a, a, a couple weeks ago. Keep the train rolling. They're at least scoring runs. So let's get the dub. And then we head into a series with the O's. And God damn it, don't make it what it was last weekend. It always is what it was last weekend. That Labor Tour has played short against the Orioles with a three-run lead. May have ended the season. Really might have. Maybe. See you on Wednesday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.